This is the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore, and we're joined by Allison Richman, co-author with Shauna Edwards of the historical novel The Thread Collectors. I don't know if you've noticed, but I interview quite a few people who have written historical novels, and we certainly want to hear about Allison Richman's historical novel, The Thread Collectors, but we're also having her on to give you some advice uh, about uh, writing your own historical novel. First off, what is what do we mean by historical fiction? Historical fiction is a genre in which a novel takes place against a historical pack- backdrop. And then it's the author's responsibility to do a tremendous amount of historical research so that that backdrop is written with great accuracy and the landscape comes alive. So it's as, as if the characters are, you know, basically living against um, something, a period in history where the reader is going to learn a tremendous amount of what happened at that time period. The characters are typically completely invented, and so the dialogue is invented, their emotions are invented, but you you know, the reader steps into a world in which most of the time they know nothing about. You know, in our novel, The Thread Collectors, it's the Civil War. So my co-author and I had to do a tremendous amount of research to be able to bring that, you know, period of history alive, whether it's, you know, what was happening on the battlefield to, you know, what type of war rations were happening, how were people feeding their children, how did they wear their hair, what clothes were they were wearing. All those little details make up what becomes a historical novel. I have an example of what's not a historical fiction, uh, that, you know, an interview we've got coming up real soon. We're going to talk with uh, a historian named David Petruja, who's written about FDR's landslide victory of 1936. It's, it's not a novel. I imagine he'd uh, get in trouble if he in- introduced uh, things uh, different uh, aspects as you do in the, writing an historical novel. Yeah, his novel is, I mean, his book is nonfiction, so it's completely a book probably compiled of facts, whereas a, a novel is, a, is sort of a different reading experience. I mean, historical fiction novel. And I'd like the, I guess what really drew me into doing this interview is I'd like the language that uh, you used or your publicist used, and you just uh, use one of these phrases, History comes alive, and we say that about our podcast. But uh, that's that's a hard thing because some I would imagine not all historical stories, even though they they're important or interesting or fascinating in many ways, make a good historical novel. That's an interesting um, question or, or, or statement. I think it's the author's responsibility, right, to take, you know, to sort of brush off the dusty textbooks about history and to find a way, as you said, to make it come alive. And, and history, if you look at it with a certain lens, is sort of the experience of different people, of, of things happening at that time period. So how do you bring those personal experiences, those universal emotions of, you know, love against the backdrop of war, loss against the backdrop of war, um, a, a mother trying to, to safeguard her children, you know, that that's the beating heart of, of, I think, what connects us back to history of how people before us lived and endured and found, you know, a sense of, of, of endurance during difficult times. And hopefully we, we can draw inspiration and find hope within those stories. You have been uh, very successful at, at this. You've written a number of, of bestsellers. 
Uh, and one of the, the questions kind of farther down on the list, but I'll bring it up now, is if, if you're writing an historical novel, you can do it yourself. I mean, this thing about being a, a writer, you're closeted in your garret and you're writing things and doing research at libraries or online or, or whatever. But you and another woman uh, co-wrote this or co-authored uh, co this book. Who is she and, and why did you and she uh, decide that it was better for the two of you to work on this? That's a great question. So, um, you know, unfortunately, Shauna couldn't be with us today, but I'm, I'm very competent in telling you a little bit about her and how we came to write this this novel together. I met Shauna over 10 years ago. At that time, she was a corporate lawyer and married to a corporate lawyer. And we met at a... Um, at a, at a party of, in all places in Las Vegas, it was a place that, you know, there was some sort of reception for different corporate lawyers. And I, I you know, she came over to me because she noticed that I was being cut by every man on the line to get a drink because I, <laughs> you know, I'm not a particularly aggressive person as a writer. I'm used to being by myself and not having to sort of, you know, navigate those type of long lines to bars mm -hmm. at receptions. But anyway, she... Um, we started talking, and, and I, she asked me what I did, and I said that I was a novelist, that I had written, you know, several historical books at that point. And her eyes sort of popped open, and, you know, she let me know that she had been a literature major, an English literature major at Harvard, and she always dreamed of being a novel. She was a student of history. She loved historical fiction. And that just became the cement for our relationship, our friendship, that then would soon ensue for over a decade. You know, up until this point, I think we've been friends for 13 years. And she became one of those people in my life that I always used as a sounding board when I was creating um, one of my, no my new novels. And I had always wanted to write a Civil War novel that drew upon um, my family you know, background with having two brothers who fought on opposite sides during the Civil War. And then I think around 2017, I had seen a documentary um, on PBS called um, Death in the Civil War. And in that documentary, it spotlighted how the black soldiers that, who had enlisted in the Union Army uh, were not given muskets to fight. Um, they, were, they were given pickaxes and hoes to dig um, trenches and to dig graves for white Union officers. And... Mm -hmm. The documentary also touched upon the fact that sometimes, because um, bodies had to be buried so quickly, that um, Union soldiers sometimes drew maps um, of where bodies were buried. And I instantly had this flash of an idea of what would happen if a black man created a map of where a white soldier was buried in the hope that somehow um, he would be able to get it to the widow of this Union, this white Union officer. And I said that to Shauna over drinks one day, and she said, well, I can see that map. You know, it would be very interesting if, that, if he hands that map at a later point to his beloved and she stitches it in needle and thread to preserve it until it can get into the appropriate hands. And she started telling me about how in the African-American community there was so much emphasis on quilting and using repurposed cloth and thread um, to be able to preserve things, memories, intentions, all sorts of things. And this idea of hers also blossomed into sort of this love story of what was the relationship perhaps with a black um, union officer and his beloved back home who is very resourceful with her needle and thread. 
So, you know, I left that meeting with her again. It was 2017, like, oh, that's an interesting idea, but not quite ready to write the book. And I I usually say to my, um, you know, audiences when I speak about my novels that there's always a right time and place in the universe when it feels that it's the time to write that particular book. You know, I have like seven ideas in my book, in my head at all times, but there has to be a moment in time where I'm like, I'm going to choose that one to write. And in 2017, it wasn't the right time to start beginning the Civil War book for me. Then flash forward in 2020, um, after the brutal murder of George Floyd, and as the world wrestled with really seeing how much um, racialized violence there is in America, um, felt like it would be really interesting to revisit this story through two lenses, just sort of me bringing to the table my ancestry of having two Jewish soldiers who fought in the Civil War and what their experience was, but also maybe Shauna being able to bring her experience being from the deep south of Louisiana, her, you know, bringing her ancestral tree into this book so that we had two souls writing this novel to make it, you know, extra interesting and also from two different, you know, very distinct perspectives that intention was to show how there are certain threads that unite us um, more than what divide us. So, and she is black and, and you are white, so that's another um, difference and uh, also provides more stability to the, to the novel or, or more accuracy to it? I would certainly say that it, it brings two authentic representations of these particular lenses and her his, were two different people bringing their histories and how they, they see that history. You know, my mother is an artist and she always used to tell me that a painting wasn't great unless you could look at it from all different perspectives and something new was revealed from every one of those new angles. And so I kind of like that metaphor for this, you know, for this book, that we were we were looking at history from multiple angles, not just black and white, not just Jewish and Christian, but also, you know, from women who have experienced different things in our own lives. So what all those experiences went into sort of how we created all the different characters to make them unique and multi-layered and, and hopefully very soulful. I mean, there's two souls writing this book, and I, I do believe that every novel has the soul of the writer written into its pages, and now we have two, so it's very mm-hmm. special. Let me go back to the uh, premise of the of the novel. Um, did they did people in the Civil War actually do that? Make a quilt uh, to locate graves? Quilts were used for all sorts of means during the Civil War and today. I mean, they were definitely you know created as artifacts of history and preserving things that were important to them. Do we have any evidence that quilting was done to create maps for um, Union soldiers, I mean, enslaved men trying to enlist in the Union Army? We have something probably less specific in that we have um, maps that were created to, to get people to freedom. I mean, the Underground Railroad had, a, you know, many evidences of, of having quilts that showed, you know, different places there where you could go in coded terms. And so I think we built upon that idea that it, there could be a specific map in this case. Let me ask you about Shauna and your relatives or, or ancestors and what role they play in creating the fictional plot line or and in in the book uh th- this was very important to your book i would gather 
Is it always? I mean, you always need some kind of personal history to uh, uh, get involved in? Oh, no. It, this actually makes, this is, of all my novels, this is the most unique that it uses, um, that draws upon um, my family tree. For my other seven novels that preceded that, I, I did not use things from my own family background. They were really, you know, I, I entered those, you know, the research in those novels purely from someone who was interested in that time period in history and, and, and that there was a question that I wanted to answer, and that sort of became the, the, I guess, the thrust of why I was writing the book. You know, I have a novel called The Lost Wife, and that novel is about how an artist can, can or an artist survives the Holocaust because of her artistic skill. And that research brought me to a place in Czechoslovakia called Terezin, where artists form their own resistance using stolen supplies to, to document their experience in charcoal drawings and pencil drawings and, you know, buried them within the concentration camp or sometimes tried to smuggle them outside so people would know what was happening. But it came from this question of, in a period of darkness, could the artistic experience still you know, it, it endure. You know, could it? Be, you know, could it be extinguished by something as evil as of what happened in World War II? So those sort of ideas and questions are usually the things that fuel the initial research, and then a book kind of, you know, you know, is the the end all product of that research. Doing the doing this book, or you and Shauna doing this book, was there a low point where you thought, well, maybe maybe this isn't working. We should uh, we should give up on this. No, I mean, I, 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 you know, there was never a low point like that. I mean, we, we were two very driven women to write this story. Also, two people who have a very strong work ethic, and if we set out to do something, we were going to see it in its completion. Of course, there were times where, you know, things were difficult and, and you know, chapters weren't maybe moving as quickly as we wanted, and we had to revisit them and refine them. That happens with every book, but there was never a period where we felt like we were going to give up. Research, I mean, that's a great word. What do you mean by research? What did you, what do you do for research? Researching, you know, is is one of those terms that in, you know basically extends over all sorts of fields of of trying to harvest as much historically documented information in order to create you know the novel. And it also requires going to different places. I mean, we have the Battle of Port Hudson in our novel, and Shauna went out to Port Hudson and um, you know met with the ranger there, went over the battlefield where this was the largest. Um, battle in the Civil War history where black troops were used to fight and were actually brutally killed and left their bodies and were not buried. Um, they were left there for weeks before um, be, they were able to be buried properly. It's, and, you know, people often think of, you know, the the Massachusetts Regiment in glory that was the first black troops to, to, to go into battle, but actually it was in Port Hudson. And so, you know, we traveled there. We traveled to the Gullah Geechee Islands, where our character William comes from. It's a, it's a the islands off the coast of Georgia and South Carolina where indigo farming and rice cultivating happened during, um, you know, during a time of slavery. And we wanted to make sure that we were able to paint that landscape with historical accuracy and meet with people who were of Gullah Geechee heritage so that we could learn the music they sang, you know, look at the praise house where they worshipped, um, walk through where indigo fields used to be, and see slave shacks and plantations, all those things, so that when we're describing them in our novel, they come alive and we can paint an accurate scene and, and know that it is grounded on, on, on extensive field research. And, of course, then there's, you know, reading, you know, a whole, you know, many of books and, and, and watching documentaries and, you know, all sorts of things. But um, 
in the end, you have to you know boil that all down and start writing and making your characters come alive. You mentioned uh, a phrase, Gullah Geechee, I believe. Is that uh, Shauna's ethnic group from uh, Africa? It's not hers in particular, but it, it, you know the Gullah Geechee heritage um, is a is, is how do I say this? They're, they came from a, peer, a place in Africa bringing with them a rich tradition of um, knowing how to farm and treat indigo for dyeing, also for washing grains of rice and harvesting rice. And during the slave trade, from you know, this particular group from Africa were brought to the sea, sea islands. Um, and to this day, there are people who are descendants of those original African enslaved people, and they still, you know, Speak, uh, you know, Geechee. They they have cuisine that 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 has been passed down from generation to generation, and so it was a very rich source for us to be able to create the you know our character um, of how he would have lived at that time period. And you you said that after you're doing a, a lot of research, you know, it's time to uh, time to write this. Do you ever uh, get bogged down in research? Just keep doing it as well let's do one more thing that's a great question um i think that is the um pitfall that that can happen because you do become so engrossed in the research and you know one thing leads to another thing and you start going on the scavenger hunt and feeling like you, you you know before you can write you have to go here and you have to read this um i always describe that there's a point in the research where you feel that you are confident that you you know what you're writing back to writing about to such an extent that it almost feels like it's sewn onto your skin that you're not you're no longer going back to the books to check something or that you don't you know have the ability to describe um, you know a certain event that might have happened and when you get to that point where you feel that it's sewn into your skin it's time to start writing um, that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be periods where you have to stop and 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 start doing research again if something, a you know, plot point happens and you don't know the information or that you might not have, you might need to, to fact check something. Um, but to have sort of a, a pretty solid sense of what you're writing about after, after doing that research. And it can take anywhere to a year to two years of research I've had for certain books to, you know, just a few months. Um, it just depends on the, on the particular novel. In the case with the thread collectors, we were two authors, and you know, Shauna has family in Louisiana, so she was able to do a lot of field research in Louisiana, in New Orleans with the Historical Society, who has amazing records where she could, you know, actually read letters that were written in the Civil War and touch them without even gloves, if you can believe it. So doing that sort of, you know, on-hand research was incredible. Could you or Shauna have done this book alone? I think. Well, we each could have written a, a Civil War novel. Um, by ourselves, but what ended up being created is completely unique because the two of us wrote it together. So what you're, you're going to read when you go to the bookstores and you pick up the thread collectors, that never could have been written just by one of us, no. Do you ever, I mean, do you use other people to do the, the research sometimes? You know, there has been occasions when, I, um, not with the thread collectors, but with certain books where I've um, actually hired 
not hired is not the right word, where I've given an internship to of, um, very scrappy, intelligent high schoolers in their senior year who are interested in writing historical fiction, where, where I sort of share my research process with them, and I ask them to, you know, not to do the research, because I have to read everything in order to understand it and to have that, you know, experience that I just described, where the research is sort of sewn into my skin before I start writing, but who basically help abstract articles that I've already written, and I've highlighted things so that they basically take what I thought was interesting and make into notes. Um, and I, it, it gives them also a taste of what it's like to be a, a you know, historical novelist, and hopefully you know, that goes back into the universe in a good way. Have you found that, that doing this writing is uh, still the hardest thing to do, or is it, I mean, the research is sort of a job, I would guess, but writing seems like something more than that. Well, you know, again, I've been doing this for 20 years, so, you know, I'm now speaking from, you know, having had the experience of written several novels. It does get easier in the sense that I have a sense of pacing of what needs to be done. I think you said you started this work in 2020 after the death of George Floyd and the issue of, of race coming to the, uh, the, the forefront. Uh, is it always important to have... Um, a modern or a current, I don't know, reason for writing a book? No, I definitely don't think there's. Oh, you need to always have a modern reason. I do think you have to have a reason inside your soul to sit down and write a book because it does take a tremendous amount of discipline to sit down and write every day in front of a computer and you know, not go outside, not meet with friends or take a lunch someplace. So there has to be a level of commitment, but that certainly can be something that comes from within. And I think, you know, for the, you know, before this book, that is what always was the case for me. But in, and for, with the Thread Collectors, it felt like Sean and I wanted to come together during this particular period of what we were living um, in, in 2020 and to write a Civil War novel, which um, highlighted, you know, the different light that could come out of darkness. You know, we're still writing, you know, historically accurate scenes about slavery and what people endured during the Civil War, but the, at the end of the, you know, when you get to the last page, the story really is about friendship and what sustains us and how music can connect us, even if you come from two different cultures or religions or, you know, places in the United States, there's still a tremendous amount that, that connects us. Do, do you think you would uh, write another book with Shauna Edwards? Oh, definitely. It was a wonderful experience. I loved working with her. I mean, I, I w only wish that she could have been in the interview today and you could have heard her perspective as well. But you have written other books uh, solo, if you will. Mostly? Have you done it? Is that how you've written books? All of my seven novels that preceded The Thread Collectors were written um, just by me, yes, as a solitary uh, novelist. Well, that, that's interesting that this is the first one that you did uh, seek the... Um, the help or the cooperation of, a, of another individual. Said, I mean, it wasn't that I needed to seek the help. I think that this book is better because there were two different perspectives. It makes it unique and it makes it a very special read. How's it doing? I mean, is the, has it been out long enough that you are confident that people seem to like it? Well, it just came out yesterday, so you actually have me on the air the first, you know, the actually 24 hours after the book launched. But it's doing really well, and um, we're really excited about it. We have a, a very extensive book tour and lots of events planned, and and we're, I mean, very grateful for um, you know podcasts like you that enable us to spread the word about the book. So we come back to the question of, uh, or I do come back to the question of, well, what about writing 
a historical novel. What uh, it, What is your advice on that? Is it something that, you know, is rarely successful, only do it, or should people just try to do it? Is there any peril in trying to write something and then not being able to do it? No, I don't think there's any peril in trying something. Um, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. What I think is really wonderful about writing historical fiction is that the author gets a chance to learn in the process so much that they didn't know before they embarked on it. So, for example, I did get to learn so much more about the Civil War than I ever knew before I started writing The Thread Collectors. The same could be said about you know any of my World War II novels, or I wrote a book that took place during the Pinochet regime. You know, As I was delving into the historical research, I was learning, and then I wanted to share that with my readers. So there's, there's something that at the end of the day, you're you yourself are enriched through the process. And I think that's really wonderful. For your readers who might be interested in writing historical fiction, I think, you know, take a leap of courage, take a leap of faith, and try, because the worst thing that happens is that you're a little smarter than you were than before you started. <laughs> okay. Allison Richmond with us, um, with the Shauna Edwards, a co-author of a work of historical fiction, the Thread Collectors. We, we, we're at, at almost at the end of the uh, interview. Can you just uh, give us a brief uh, pitch, if you will, as to why this is a book somebody should read? Well, The Thread Collectors hopefully is a, is a, um, a really good read. It's a novel that has four different characters, two men, two women, each, you know, one black, one white, um, one Jewish, one Christian, against the backdrop of the Civil War. And it's a novel in which um, unexpected friendships happen and um, you learn a tremendous amount about history that you never would have learned in, in the classroom. So hopefully you'll, your readers will enjoy it. Do you think you succeed in making history come alive? You know, hope so. <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, our reviews are really strong and um, people are saying it's a page turner. And I would like to say that we, I feel very confident that we put the beating heart back into history with the Thread Collectors. Well, that's, a, that's a good phrase, put the beating heart back into history. Well, Allison Richmond, I thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Bob. It was a pleasure. Allison Richmond is a co-author with Shauna Edwards of the book The Thread Collectors. Who's the publisher? HarperCollins. It's the Graydon House imprint. Yes, and it can be found at any bookstore you know um, that you support, and um, you know online on all the different um, bo you know book selling platforms. So hopefully your your readers will pick up a copy of The Thread Collectors and enjoy it. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I've interviewed people who have written historical novels. I, I thought I'd, I'd give you a few of the names of the people that we've talked to on the Historian's Podcast um, who, who wrote historical fiction. Robin Oliveira uh, wrote a book called Winter Sisters, set in Albany, New York in 1879. Oliveira grew up in the Albany area and also wrote a similar novel about a Civil War physician named Mary Sutter, who's also a character in Winter Sisters. Roger Higgins wrote the historical novel Billy Gogan Gone for Soldier. It was a novel about an Irish immigrant and his experiences in the Mexican-American War in the 1840s. Then Linda Thompson is author 
of the historical novel called The Plum Blooms in Winter. The book is based on the 1942 American air raid in Tokyo, led by pioneer aviator Jimmy Doolittle. You can do a seasonal one, a historical novel. Wayne Vanderwall, uh, in, uh, we interviewed him at the end of 2019. He's the author of the novel The Gospel of Santa Claus, inspired by the true story of the St. Nicholas. And then uh, one that was really good was uh, in 2021, we talked with a woman named Sarah Patton. She's author of The Measure of Gold, a historical novel set in Europe in World War II with a focus on women spies who were in the French resistance. And then we have uh, one from my hometown, if you will, episode 374 of our podcast, middle of 2021, Linda Wisniewski, author of Where the Stork Flies, a time travel uh, novel about a librarian who meets a 19th century ancestor and, the, and a medieval Polish queen. Once again... You've been listening to The Historian's Podcast. You can help us out by finding our GoFundMe link on our homepage, bobcudmore.com. <music>